0: All right. Let's grab a seat. We'll go ahead and get started here. Let's see. All right. Well, uh, happy Easter to you all. If you guys need to uh, grab a cup of coffee, Uh, this one's on me. So, uh, but uh, anyways, uh, let's see. So. just to follow up Jeff's announcement there, we've been having some ongoing dialogue about the softball team, and, you know, uh, Jeff says he's not competitive, but I noticed he's not on Team B, you know, I don't know, we're trying to figure out what name we're going to come up with for, for Team B, but it's hard to have a competitive feel to yourself when you know you're the B team, right? Yeah, I don't know. We're the team to be, as what I think it is, right? But we'll have to figure that out. But anyways, that'll be fun, we have practice next Saturday. So, it should be a good time here. Um, and you know, my name's Rich. I'm one of the pastors here, and I just want to welcome you here this morning. I know um, being Easter, it's kind of uh, many of you are here for different reasons. Uh, I uh, I joke with my realtor. He he uh, he tells me he's like he says, you know, Rich, I'm a I'm a Easter and I'm a Christmas sort of attender. I'll, I'll see you at Easter. I'll see you at Christmas. And sure enough, he was here for the first service. So I'm glad he was here. Some of you might have your different reasons for showing up this morning here. I uh, I don't know exactly what they are for. Like me, it's, it's because my, my wife made me come this morning, So, uh, but I've been, uh, I got hit with allergies or a cold or some combination, so I'm feeling, uh, people ask me how you feeling and honestly I'd say quite miserable. Um, I don't feel all that good here, but uh, I'm excited to be with you and I'm going to share a few things. I thought in the first service that uh, I was going to veer away from my PowerPoints and I think that might have been a bad idea, so we're going to get back to the PowerPoint this morning here, and so if you set in on the first service, this will probably be a new look at things here on the second service, so anyways, um, we're just going to pray, and we're going to jump into uh, some things related to this Easter morning here, so let's just pray again. Uh, Well, Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for bringing us all together. I thank you that we can uh, celebrate and remember this event that occurred, uh, 1,979 years ago. Lord God, we thank you that it's an event that has been recorded in history that was witnessed by your apostles that's been um, written down and recorded and given to us in the Bible here that we can remember and celebrate and and I just pray you would uh, encourage us all this morning. Help us come away with some things no matter uh, where we are in our spiritual journey. Help us to hear from you this morning. Just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, well um, you know I noticed in the The first service last week, That some of the jokes, some people had visited both services, and so maybe you laughed at the jokes in the first service and not in the second service. But the good news is I didn't have any jokes in the first service, so you guys have actually laughed more times than they did the whole service, so that's good. No, I'm joking. You laughed at the one joke I had, so... Um, we are going to take a look. At, we are going to do things a little different than we did the first service here. We looked at a passage from John. This one we're going to look at a passage from Luke related to that first Easter morning, the first uh, first Easter Sunday, if you will. Um, they didn't start calling it Easter until after the fact. We call it Easter today, but then it was just the Resurrection Sunday. And so um, we're going to read from Luke. But I want to give you a little excerpt at the very beginning of Luke. Um, we'll be reading Luke chapter 24. If you've got a house Bible, you can find it while I'm talking here. It's page 1047. So, um, But Luke... At the beginning of his uh, his record here um, of his gospel account, he writes something at the beginning of it. John, at the end of his, John says, "Hey, by the way, I'm writing these things to you so that you may believe that Jesus really is the Christ, the Son of God." And um, you know, he he said, "I specifically wrote down some certain things for you." But this is what Luke says at the beginning of his thing, um, and I'll just read you verse. through of of Luke chapter 1. He just says, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who uh, from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed also good to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. And, and Luke, from the very beginning of his gospel account, says, Hey, I'm, I'm writing this down in a very orderly, detailed way, so you can know for certain these things that you've been taught. And, and I just think that's good to know. Uh, in general, his, he was a physician. I think he was probably a detailed sort of person. But he, he said, Hey, I'm writing these things down in a very detailed, organized way so that you can have a confidence that what has been recorded is, is true and accurate. And so let's read his his account here, chapter twenty four, Luke. And we're going to read. Um, it's a long chapter, so we're going to skip the middle section here. We're going to read verses one through twelve, and then we're going to hit the end of it, the finale of the chapter. But uh, Luke chapter twenty four, verse one. Um, on the very on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices. You can say, He is risen. He is risen. That's a fun little tradition to practice. I'll keep reading. But uh, anytime if I come across that again, you can say that again if you want. Um, Remember how He told you while He was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered His words. Now we're going to skip this next section on the road to Emmaus here and just uh, scoot ahead to verse 36 of the same chapter. Um, So Jesus had appeared to two while they're walking on the road um, outside of Jerusalem there, but then later in the day it says, um, while they were still talking about this, Jesus stood among them and said to them, "Peace be with you." They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, "Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your mind?" Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while still, uh, and why they still did not believe, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, "Do you have anything here to eat?" They gave him a piece of boiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. So this is Luke's account. of It's starting at the, the very first Sunday, Easter service, the resurrection. And he carries it to the end where Jesus had spent time with them. And finally, he ascended into heaven. Um, and, and Luke kind of carries all of that in this chapter here. But um, one of the things I wanted to get you thinking about was I read an article this week that, that asked the question. It said, um, it asked the question basically this. What type of Christian are you? Are you a Good Friday Christian or an Easter Christian? And, and I was wondering, like, well, that's a good question. What does that mean, you know? Um, and, and basically the article was getting at, at the idea, are you a type of Christian that, you know, if you look at the first disciples and you see what they were like, what were the disciples like on the day that Jesus was crucified and, and the following couple days? Um, what was their attitude? What was the spirit about them? It Wasn't was it a spirit of uh, sorrow and mourning and fear? It said they were frightened often. They had the doors locked because they thought the Jews were coming. Um, I wonder if there was not a spirit of guilt. I think of Peter denying Jesus three times. I wonder if he did not feel guilty for that. Um, Their Savior, their champion, the the one who was to come, just got crucified. He got put on the cross and and there went all their hopes. What sort of champion dies brutally on a on a cross? Um, and so I think, if, you know, if you think about being a good Friday Christian, it's kind of the idea that, well, maybe you think your sins were paid for, and then life is just a fearful, kind of get-it-done, um, you know, sad, maybe even guilty sort of experience, just like those first disciples were in those first couple of days. But then after that, we see uh, once they interacted with Jesus as he rose from the grave, once they saw the empty tomb, once they talked with him. I love how this chapter finishes with a very different spirit about it here. Um, Luke just says then, uh, they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They stayed in the temple, praising God. You know, um, it just seems like there's two very different experiences. And I, and I wonder if our lives can have two different experiences, you know, depending on whether you're focusing on Good Friday. For me, if you ask the question back in the days, um, what's, what's more important, the event that happened on Good Friday, the death and crucifixion of Jesus Christ, or the resurrection of Jesus on Sunday? What, what's your answer to that question? What what do you think? I've got some Starbucks gift cards up here I can throw if you get the right answer to that. Um, the resurrection. Um, yeah, you know, and I used to wonder, like, well, the reality is the resurrection, and, well, really, our sins got paid for on Good Friday, so that's the really big deal. But the resurrection, in some ways, one, one event proves the other event. The fact that Jesus rose from the grave was a way of saying, and by the way, I really could pay for your sins on Good Friday. I really could take the sin of the world to the cross with me. And, you know, I think there was some changes in the disciples. They went from this real fearful, cowardly bunch, uh, even around Good Friday. They had abandoned Jesus. They were in sorrow and mourning to this bunch that by the end of uh, their interaction with Jesus and when he ascended, they turned into a bunch that were... Uh, boldly proclaiming the things that they had witnessed, you know, and they, they had a radical change in their lives. And this morning we just want to look at a couple of uh, a couple truths that uh, from this Easter, these Easter events that I think can they help change those first disciples, and they, and they hopefully can help change us a little as well. Here, we're just going to look at a few of these uh, here. I forget which button is it. Number two, two. All right, there we go. So, and. I really can't read anything I'm seeing here. I wonder if I stand up here and look. Is that alright? So, you know, um, we have just a handful of truths from these Easter events. And this first one is actually not an Easter event. You know, Good Friday was Friday, you know, and Easter is Sunday. And so, um, But something significant obviously happened on Good Friday. And this is from John's account here. But he said at one point, as Jesus was on the cross, as he breathed his last, um, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. You know, and Jesus was saying, um, it's finished. The work that he came to do of paying for my sins and yours, that work was finished. He completed it on the cross. And, you know, and that's, uh, I think it was something that took the disciples a little while to figure out how it fit together. You know, I uh I just think how they had to be reminded again and again. Jesus said, didn't I tell you I'd be crucified and I'd be buried and I'd rise on the third day? And it just seems like the disciples did not get it. But um, eventually I think they really figured out he really did die on the cross and carries their sins and our sins with him. And that's something that as it sank in, um, I think, began to transform them. Another thing here, what verse we have here. Sorry, I can't read this. Um, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds we are healed. And, you know, that's. Uh, I think that kind of sums up Good Friday. We came here Friday night and we watched The Passion of the Christ movie. And, uh, you know, it's just... Uh, That's just hard on the heart every time. It kind of just—I come away with one thought. They share this verse at the very beginning of the movie from, uh, you know, Isaiah, the prophet, back 700 BC or so, and they share this quote too. But I just—the impression I come away with every time I watch the Passion of the Christ is, He did that for me. He took a beating for me. He took the punishment that was due me and all of us. But but true Christianity is when you catch that Jesus did that for you, and and you give your life back in gratitude. You know, and so that was one of the things that began to sink in for the disciples. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. The second one was um, really the resurrection was the proof that that he really did what he said he did on on that Good Friday. There. Um, let's see, we've got a couple of verses here. I like this one from Romans one. It just says through the spirit of holiness, was declared with power to be the Son of God by His resurrection from the dead. Um, Jesus Christ our Lord. We're just saying that the resurrection really declared, you know, He really was God in the flesh. If His miracles and everything else was not enough, uh, rising and overcoming death was kind of the exclamation point of it. This one also said, uh, Acts, it starts off Luke again recording Acts. He says, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Um, you know it was really the resurrection was a turning point for these disciples. They went from they had high hopes for this guy, Jesus, he did all these miracles to it kind of resurrected their hope in, in who he was that even though he wasn 't just going to be their king to save him from the Romans and things like that, that there was maybe um, there was still something Still to come about him that they were starting to realize. I do like, um, you know, the importance of the resurrection here. There's a, I've got a, a little quote I'm going to read to you from is uh, from Tom Short. Some of you know him; he's a campus preacher that goes around um, all over the country here. But he has a um, a little write-up he does on why Jesus, why Jesus is the way to heaven. And I just like what he says here about the the fact of the resurrection. You know, he says. Um, There are certain facts that few historians would ever deny. Jesus lived. He was crucified by the Romans, died, and was buried. But it doesn't stop there. Three days later, the grave in which he was buried was empty. Obviously, there is debate and controversy over what happened to the body. But there can be little argument that the body was gone from the grave. Furthermore, the historical record tells us that a small band of his followers who had gone into hiding to save their own lives boldly went forth to tell the world that they had personally seen, talked with, and touched Jesus after he had risen from the dead. In fact, the whole Christian religion hinges on whether or not the resurrection really occurred. No one has ever offered any evidence that those who claimed to have seen the risen Christ lied or were tricked. The witnesses were honest men who had nothing to gain by making up a false story. In most cases, these witnesses were thrown in jail, persecuted, lost all their earthly possessions, and ultimately suffered a cruel and painful death rather than deny the resurrection. Those who, examine, who have examined the evidence have concluded, beyond a reasonable doubt, that a genuine miracle occurred. A man who was dead came back to life. And really, this is, uh, you know, it is one of the, the fundamental things of Christianity. You know, Paul at one place says that, uh, you know, if this didn't happen, uh, then it's, you know, uh, let me see, do I have my verse here? Uh, yeah, this this verse here, it says, um, If Christ has not been raised from the dead, then our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified that God, uh, that He raised Christ from the dead. And so, you know, Paul was saying, this is so fundamental that if it's not true, all of us that are testifying to it are, are lying. And this is all pointless. But then he goes on to say, um, let's see here. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And so this proof was something that Jesus gave them so they could have confidence, so that they could know He really was the savior of the world he really did die for them and um, they didn't have to be uh, fearful they didn't have to think oh my champion was slaughtered on a cross and and now what are we going to do he really part of this just helped give them extreme confidence in what was before them let's see what else we have here another thing is um, really the resurrection and what occurred on Easter Sunday it gave them purpose to reach the world with this good news before he returns you know um One place it says this in Acts 2, um, God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of the fact. You know, to them, it was a fact that it had occurred that Jesus died and he rose again. It wasn't, sometimes we get the idea, you know, people will die for their beliefs. They believe something's strong enough, they'll die for it. But these apostles, these witnesses, they didn't die for what they believed. They died for something that they really witnessed. Something that was a real fact. And now it's been passed on to us. They recorded it. And it's passed on to us. And we, we decide whether we believe it or not and respond accordingly. But they didn't die for their beliefs. They died for something they witnessed, you know. And, um, but it gave them purpose. It kind of, Jesus went on to say, hey, by the way, this is part of your mission here. Um, he went on to tell them, that they were to teach others. You know, the apostles, these first uh witnesses, were to to witness it and tell people what they witnessed. But then they were also to teach people to obey everything that Jesus commanded them. And then He said, "Surely I am with you always." Then He also gave them the mission. Uh, it's very interesting to to know that uh, the great commission, which all of us are so probably familiar with, um, Jesus' mission for the early church and for His disciples, it only came after the resurrection. You know, why didn't he tell them beforehand, hey, look, you got to love each other, love God, you got to serve each other, and you're going to go reach the world with this love. You know, it was only after he paid for the sins of the world, it was only after he proved it in the resurrection that he said, by the way, this is a part of your purpose. Take this good news that I died for your sins, take it to the rest of the world. And and so they did. And they passed that on to us, you know. Another thing that uh, I think transformed the disciples from the fearful um, ones that they were to, to those who were bold was that he promised them a power um, to carry out their mission. It wasn't just to say, go reach the world. Uh, it's going to be really hard and just use, use all the energy you got. He, he said um, he would give them a power. Some of you know this Acts 1.8. It just says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth he gave them a power to carry out these marching orders and um, let me see here um, and it was also um, I think of this verse here this is one that, where Paul was writing at one point he says indeed our hearts we felt the sentence of death but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves but on God who raises the dead you know um, Jesus told his disciples, you're going to have a power to be witnesses, but you're also going to have a power to live a life that you could not otherwise live. When I think of the Good Friday Christians, you know, one one way to think of that is that you believe all your sins were paid for. Uh, Past, present, and future, they were paid for on the cross. And, you know, the way that kind of plays out is that, okay, I'm just going to be accumulating sins as I go. I know the ones I'm stuck in. And the good news is when I get to the end of the tunnel, they're all paid for. But you know, an Easter Christian has a better message. Not only are your sins paid for, but you are empowered to live a life uh, that overcomes sin. The same power that was exerted to raise Christ from the dead is the same power that he has promised each one of us. And so um, he dealt not only with our sins and all the things, the violations of God's law that we committed, he, he paid for that. But he also... wants us to live a life that is an overcoming life, an abundant life that includes actually winning out over sin in our lives now, the resurrection life. And that's a whole nother. I think that's the difference between someone who's going, I'm going to get to heaven, I'm paid for, I got my ticket punched, versus someone who's going, you know, my sins are paid for, and I also have a power to make choices, to do things that I've never done before, uh, to honor God. And to in boldness get this message out there, and so that was a part of what God had planned for the disciples from the beginning. This is what He wanted for them. And then the last one we're going to look at here is um, all of this was done through a person. You know, um, you know, we think about um, the ramifications of these events. Um, You know these events were recorded. These we have manuscripts that date back to the early centuries that recorded these events, and there's no other evidence out there that you know contradicts that. Um, And and yet there's something more. There's ramifications. If this is really true, if 1,979 years ago Jesus really did rise from the grave, and 1,979 years ago. Minus two days, he really did pay for all our sins. There's ramifications. You know, there, there's facts, but it's more than facts. It means that, um, you know, if he rose from the grave, that means he's really he he really is alive. You know, we say um, he is risen. He is. he is risen indeed. You know, I think the modern way of saying that, another way to think of it, and uh, you know, kind of resonates with me more, is to say he's he's alive. He's really, He really is alive. And if He's alive, that means He can interact with you and I. That means there's a relationship that we can have. And, um, you know, the purpose that He gave, He said, Hey, I want you to reach the world. And by the way, what did He say at the end of Matthew 28? By the way, I'm coming with you. And you're going to receive a power to be witnesses. And by the way, that power is... From my spirit, the same power that helped me overcome sin in a fleshly body and overcome death and be resurrected. And, and that power is available to you. But it's all, the design was that it would be done in person. And it's not just about acknowledging the facts. And again, maybe, you know, I don't know what brought you here today or different places on your spiritual journey. Maybe you're the the Easter and the Christmas and I'm glad that you're here Uh, for whatever the reason is maybe your wife made you come here too Um, but but the point is that if you look at these facts you you need to realize God has confronted us with a, a truth beyond the facts that there's really a person who really did die for you and for me and he really did prove it by his resurrection and he really did say I'm coming back I'm coming back for those who respond to my love and my forgiveness. And really that's the, the heart of the Firehouse Church is that we want to show people God's love and we want to share with them what Jesus did uh, to rescue us. It was a part of God's plan from the beginning to die for us and carry out God's rescue plan. And then you know, once people respond to that, they respond to a person and they invite this person into their life and he begins to transform you and make you into a disciple, um, following him now and, and being with him for eternity. And so, um, but there's a few things, you know, to think about here. If he's really alive and he really is with you now, if you're a believer, Jesus would say, you know, he'd say this, I, I'm with you, I'm with you right now, and I'm with you always. Are you living a life of a, an Easter Christian that is empowered and that your Savior is with you right now, giving you everything you need, help and guidance and power? Or you live in just a life that's forgiven, and you know, try to get it done in the meantime. Um, another verse here is uh, something that says, uh, so "You got that one," and then this one here. You know, Jesus, after a, ascending to heaven. He interacted with his apostle John at one point, and he he told John some different things. He gave him Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation, of things that would unfold um, in the end of times here. And one of the things he told John was this, this verse here. This is the Jesus who really is alive, who we celebrate his resurrection today. But, But he said this. He said, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them, and he with me. Now imagine Jesus saying that to you. What, what does that say to you? Does that verse speak to you? Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Then so when he hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and eat with me. This is a verse we've shared on many mission trips that we've taken. Um, back in Fort Collins, I was a part of several, uh, I think we did three mission trips to Italy. And we would share different verses with people. And we'd come to this one and and say, Jesus says, hey, I'm knocking at the door trying to get into your life. I'm not going to break the door down, but if you would open it and invite me in, you know, this this part about he will eat with you and and you with me. And we ask, well, what does that say to you? And time and time again, these Italians, you know, Eating with someone is a very serious deal in Italy. It's one of those, your meals could take a number of hours. And it's a very extremely relational thing. And time and time again, they came away with going, you know what, I get a sense Jesus wants to come into my life and have a relationship with me. He wants to be my friend, just like a friend I would have over for dinner in Italy. And and this Jesus that rose from from the grave, uh, he's knocking at the door of your life and mine. And I know it took me... 24, 25 years of thinking I had it figured out to realize I actually needed a Savior. I needed someone who did pay for my sins. I, I was one of the good people until I started finding out, according to the Bible, I was not one of the good people. And I finally opened the door of my life to Jesus Christ when I was almost 25 years old. And, and He came into my life and He began to change me. You know, These very things I share, with. I, I realized that He paid for me. And that was an amazing thing, and my life began to change. And um, that he, he gave me proof. He didn't want me just to be like, oh, you're a Christian, and you just got to check out your brain and check out everything else. Uh, no, he, he gave me proof that I could be confident about this faith. I could have certainty in an uncertain world. And he gave purpose. He said, by the way, go tell people this good news. It's been good news to you. And when I discovered he died for all my sins, I was just blew me away for a while but then I caught on to the idea that he wants me to take that to other people and and not only do that the purpose but to to do it with power He, he wants us to share not scared and you know he wants us to share in his power and in his love and if you've ever had the opportunity to share your faith and share about what Jesus has done on the cross and in your life and do that in power there's nothing else quite like it and then lastly you know he's saying I'm going to do it in person I'm going to be there with you and these are some things that I believe transformed those first disciples and would transform you and I and, and continue to transform us. And so we're going to go ahead and, and pray here and call it, a, call it a morning. Oh, Lord Jesus, we do, um, we do just thank you that, that you did come into this world um, just as a part of a, a bigger plan, your plan to rescue us. And you foretold your plan through the prophets. You had it witnessed and recorded through the apostles. And you've passed on this good news to your disciples until you return. And God, I pray you'd help us, if we've opened the door of our hearts to you, that you would help us to be on this mission, taking this good news to the people that don't know you. And God, if there's someone here this morning that has not yet opened the door of their heart to you, God, I ask that, that you would help them to do that. Help them to see their need for you as a Savior, to see that they do need their sins paid for or else they would pay for those for eternity. And um, But God, we just thank you that we can remember and celebrate your resurrection today. Help us to live, um, you, you know, the as Easter Christians, not just forgiven, but empowered to live a new life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, thank you guys for coming this morning. I hope you have a happy Easter, and we'll catch you later.